Two minutes it is uh, here on Metro FM Talk. It's our tech conversations. And uh, this evening, uh, we uh, check in with the uh, pharmaceutical space and uh, we uh, take a look at uh, a uh, drug here called Remdesivir. And uh, my next guest might be able to tell me how best to pronounce that because uh, it's certainly not very intuitive. Uh, and uh, my next guest is from the Noomsa Investment Company and their subsidiary, uh, the 360 Biopharmaceuticals or 360 Biopharma. Uh, which is a division of uh, 360 Global Solutions Group, has been appointed by Jubilant Generics to supply Remdesivir in Southern Africa. And I'm joined on the line by Kandani Msibi. Uh, Kandani, good evening to you and welcome once again. Good evening, Abong, and uh, thank you for having me. And good evening to your listeners. Yeah, yeah, always a pleasure. So, so tell us, I mean, firstly, how to pronounce uh, this particular drug, but also, uh, I mean, uh, you, you say here, the entity has been appointed by Jubilant Generics to supply Remdesivir. Uh, I guess that implies that, you know, this is some form of licensing agreement, distribution agreement. So maybe just give us some of the background and the context here to uh, this particular intervention uh, uh, as part of, I guess, a very uh, sort of landmark uh, shift in uh, your stable of entities here. Indeed. Uh, I, as, you, as you know, well, myself, I'm, I'm actually new uh, in this uh, industry. Uh, I'm not a scientist. Um, I'm, I'm a very much an engineering person. I'm a welder yeah. and a tube maker by trade. Uh, so, so the pronunciation is as I learn it. Uh, uh, the the guys that I work with they call them Gazavar, which uh, with a, 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 a emphasis on the VAR because the VAR stands for the virus, right? So it's a drug oh, that actually uh, things, yeah. yeah, yes. So at the the appointment is a distributorship appoint, appointment by by Jubilant. Uh, Jubilant itself has been uh, licensed by um, uh, Gilead Sciences, who are the the, the innovators of the product. And um, this product, as you may be aware, is one of the uh, promising products for the treatment of uh, of uh, COVID-19. And uh, mm. it is used in a hospital and in particular in ICU for the treatment of uh, people that are medium to uh, high risk in as far as the COVID is concerned. Yeah. So what are we talking about here? Is it a pill? Is it in liquid form? Is it in gaseous form? What do you doing, John? It's, uh, it's a liquid form. It's in vials. Uh, and then uh, it is used uh, in an in IV, in other words, to be in a, in a drip format. Uh, administered in a um, um, in a health facility by health professionals, so it's not it's mm-hmm. not uh, for self medication. Uh, it's, it's administered in a in a hospital environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, just the background here to uh, this uh, particular entity that you've partnered with, uh, 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 which um, I'd assume would have the licenses or even the intellectual property uh, behind this particular one. Uh, um, just give us some of the context there. Okay, uh, you remember last year when we spoke to you about our endeavors to enter... Yes, yes, you had, I think, what, in the six months um, you were going to launch six different uh, yeah, uh, businesses yeah. or, or profit lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's been, it's been about the 12 months of uh, the, the Inviso, uh, and we've said that we're going to be launching a product uh, every month, and um, uh, we're on track uh, with that. There's a lot of products that we have launched and acquisitions that we have made, and in fact, we are planning to have an, uh, a, a webinar, uh, an Inviso webinar, just uh, to, to brief our friends and partners and supporters about the progress we've made in uh, biotech. 
Now, part, part of what you've done as a group is that uh, uh, we've, we've partnered with uh, a number of um, international uh, companies, product uh, owners. Uh, we also have uh, local product owners because our strategy has always been that uh, we don't want to be a generic uh, supplier. But if you look at the number of uh, black businesses that are in the space, the, the supply generics, and it's, it's hard to get the kind of traction that makes you a serious player when you, you don't have access to original product that actually sets you apart and they give you the kind of access to market that the other mm-hmm. players uh, don't have. So um, we were engaging with, um, with a jubilant uh, on, on a number of uh, products, uh, including um, uh, UK Medicine. Uh, they do have an interest in that uh, they've got a number of uh, uh, radio pharmacies that they've established in the U.S. and and and, and they found us an attractive partner for for such a, a venture, possible venture in South Africa. But in the intervening period, um, uh, uh, Remdesivir gets approved as a drug for 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 COVID-19, and and they get appointed, yes. and they say to us, "Are you are you guys keen?" And and we jumped uh, at the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, let's let's just talk, I guess, about uh, the the market conditions around this. Uh, are, are you yeah. the only guys who would be sort of providing this in South Africa, or are there other sort of pharma, big pharma players? Uh, and we know we're certainly not short of those in South Africa. Uh, big pharma players who are producing the same drug, and if so, I mean, what what would distinguish, I guess, your particular sort of market conditions uh, from uh, whatever market conditions they would face? Um, the, the the drug is proprietary to um, uh, to Gilead, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they have chosen a number of companies that they have given this drug to. We've got it as a a secondary appointee, but we're the only South African company that has been appointed um, um, as a secondary appointee. Uh, there may be other players. Uh, I think there was an announcement not so long ago around the generic form of Remdesivir. But I mean, it's a it's a kind of a market dynamic that is unusual. Uh, unusual in the sense that uh, we are all in a in a uh, in a rush to provide a solution to uh, to COVID. Right? It's not a kind of a product that uh, operates in a uh, conventional market, you know, where there are competitors and so forth. I think the 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 reality of the matter with uh, uh, treatment of COVID that uh, we're going to have an initial period where. Um, um, there's just not going to be enough uh, supply for the demand that exists uh, owing sure, to sure. the rate at which uh, this uh, virus is moving. So I, 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 don't, I don't think this is um, um, the, the kind of domain that uh, competitiveness and all of those nice things that people learn in an MBA yes. actually apply. In fact, <laughs> it's, an un, it's an un-MBA environment. Sure, sure, sure. And I guess, I mean, uh, uh, that also raises some of the questions around accessibility of this particular drug, because we certainly have seen, uh, you know, how many people have found themselves in those ICU wards, found themselves within near an inch of their lives, uh, I guess, in need of, of drugs like uh, Remdesivir. Uh, you say it's anti-MBA, it's anti-competitive. Uh, is it also, I guess, anti-capitalist in the sense that, you know, people would be able to, to access it in a way that uh, is more convenient than what maybe a monopoly position would would imply, because I mean that in effect that's what that's what we're talking about here. That you know uh, this is proprietary to a certain company which has given you the right to distribute it, and already when people hear that they already think that there might be a premium placed 
on the retail of this particular drug and by extension which will influence uh, the ability of people to access it? Uh, uh, the, the, the pharmaceutical industry is, uh, is unique in the sense that uh, um, the, the hardcore capitalism of pharmaceutical industry happens in the U.S. and in Europe, right? And, and sure. I think uh, the, it has been established a, um, a practice that uh, what, what, what is called the emerging market or developing markets tend to get a, um, a significant discount to what the Americans are paying. And as it is mm-hmm. now, this, this product will come into South Africa at a significant discount to what it would cost in the U.S. And, and, I mean, uh, and, and that's something that, that Americans are, are grappling with. Uh, in the, they're saying, you know, we paid for the development of the drug, but yet we, we pay a premium price. And, and developing countries which have not contributed to the development of the drug are actually getting a steep discount. So mm. I, 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 I think the part of um, uh, uh, profit gouging has been addressed. Uh, there won't be any uh, profit gouging. Uh, there will be... Because, um, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, um, the, the supply for South Africa will come from from India. There are discussions about whether we can, we can manufacture locally for South Africa using existing infrastructure of the other established pharmaceutical companies. That, that, that discussion is ongoing. But bottom line is that um, the, the pricing benchmark is, is uh, around the Indian benchmark. As you know, uh, I mean, India has been driving pharmaceutical drugs costs down, mm. downward. Uh, yeah, and not allowing any uh, uh, um, profit, excessive profiteering. So, so I mean, I guess the the other opportunity, and and I like the point you make about how uh, you know the Indian market has really sort of been a boon to the generics market globally, and really pushed down the yeah. prices of much needed life saving drugs. Let, let's talk about the you know chemical composition of this. I mean, I, I'm certainly no chemist by by any stretch of the imagination, but. I always know that uh, when we talk about a drug like this in very high demand, there's always uh, an opportunity sort of upstream uh, for a country like ours with our mineral endowment to potentially process some of the minerals that go into creating this and uh, potentially see a market opportunity. Talk us through that uh, and maybe any other opportunities that you might see for the broader South African economy uh, on the back of this particular partnership that you've uh, arrived at with Jubilant. I think the, 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 the difficulty that we have with, uh, with uh, South Africa is that uh, um, uh, post-apartheid, um, we, we destroyed our own pharmaceutical uh, industry. Uh, we were ahead of India. Um, if if uh, the score was, uh, was uh, one out of ten, we were eight, India was two. Uh, but uh, we are one, India is nine uh, today. So um, we, 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 we continue to miss out on opportunities for uh, um, uh, development of, of this industry because, uh, and in particular, our national treasury tended to have a bias towards importation of uh, drugs and the development of the local pharmaceutical industry. It's a challenge that uh, we face as a country and it's a challenge that we must fix because as a sovereign state, you cannot rely on uh, key drugs that are addressing the most prevalent diseases in your country uh, and rely on, on the supply of those drugs 
to um, uh, foreign companies. Foreign, foreign, foreign companies. It, it's, a, it's a specific risk. We, we were lucky uh, that uh, the likes of China and India opened up early because there was a time when uh, the whole world closed down, India and China closed down, and uh, India, uh, by a proclamation, um, um, uh, uh, made it illegal for the export of any drugs to any other country. It actually meant that uh, a lot of the drugs that we rely on India for, we, we, we ran the risk of not having the supply of those drugs. Had the Indian lockdown ran, ran as long as uh, maybe the, um, the Spanish lockdown. Uh, uh, so, mm. so, but, but in as far as the drug is concerned, um, the, the, the conversation is taking place about local manufacture. Uh, if local manufacture comes, it, it will open up opportunities for us to supply uh, the likes of um, um, Western East Africa and, and Central oh. Africa. So, so that, that is there. But, but beyond that, I am hoping that um, the, the COVID experience will awaken the state to the need to be deliberate about the development of the pharmaceutical mm. sector in South Africa. I mean, Especially let's talk given about that. It, yeah. Let's continue on that path because, I mean, yeah. you, you rightfully raise this issue of if, if you have the world's largest treatment program for HIV and AIDS, for instance, which South Africa has, yeah. Yeah. it's probably a national security risk for you to be reliant on, your, uh, on the procurement of your antiretroviral drugs from private players outside of your country and even private players in your own country. And I guess it brings the debate of uh, the need for a state-owned pharmaceutical company. And I know I'm asking somebody who oversees a private sector pharmaceutical company. But we know yes. Getla Pila has been there sort of in form for a while. But uh, we certainly haven't heard much by way of substance about what it's going to look like and some of the work that it could, could potentially do. Where does it fit in, into this idea of sort of re the resuscitation of our pharmaceutical industry here in South Africa? There's, a, there's an opportunity for Kislapini to play a major role uh, without necessarily um, um, disrupting the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. I think if, if I was running the state, these would be the rules. Yeah. That any product that has been genericized should be made by the state. Because you're then looking into a, a lower cost into a, a, the supply of the state, right? And you you also push your pharmaceutical sector towards innovation. Right? What what we like in the in the treatment of um, ailments in South Africa is innovative solutions that are pushing the bar higher and mm. higher and higher. And sure, and, sure. and that bar is not pushed because uh, if you look at our our pharmaceutical companies. Kanani, okay. I hate to do this. Uh, we need to quickly go to a spot break. But when we come back, I'll allow you to uh, complete the point that you're making. There. It is indeed. And 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our tech conversations. This evening, we're taking a look at uh, the pharmaceutical industry and uh, a division of uh, 360 Global Solutions Group, uh, which is a subsidiary of the Numsa Investment Company, has partnered with the Ju Jubilant Generics, an Indian uh, pharmaceutical company, in the rollout of Remdesivir. And you certainly would have heard about this drug which is an antiviral drug which has shown some promise uh, in the treatment of uh, coronavirus. And I'm joined by Kandani Msibi, who's the CEO at the Numsa Investment Company, to talk about uh, some of the issues at play here. And Bob Kandani, we had to go to the break, uh, but I think you are making yeah. a very important point about um, sort of the lay of the land and maybe some of the rules of the game that would effectively create a catalytic role for Gitlapila, uh, but also a role that doesn't certainly crowd out some of the private investment 
uh, uh, by uh, many pharmaceutical players, including yourselves. Indeed. Uh, I think the point I was making is that uh, Kitlapila should, should be playing, uh, should gobble up um, uh, high-volume high drugs that are genericized. Right. I mean, that, that's, just, yeah, that's an area where the state should come in and mop up. And, uh, it's easy to, uh, to enter. And I, and, I, and I say that guardedly uh, because there are technical requirements for that. And also mm. the, the, the manufacturing of API, the active pharmaceutical ingredient for different products. We, we don't have them. I mean, uh, even where we manufacture drugs, we still import the API. And, and Kitapini can play a role there. And, uh, and I think... Um, the, the, the point that we would like to make is that um, uh, as a group, you've taken us uh, two years to, uh, it's two years since you said we want to be in pharmaceuticals, and we already have um, um, about um, um, uh, 20 products of a varying um, degrees of registration, including what we have now with, uh, with the COVID. And Kitlapil is not there. Right? What, what, what we have seen in terms of what is possible right, is that when you said we can launch 100 products in the 100 months, we, 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 we really meant it in that the space is huge and the South African mm. and, uh, um, uh, market is big enough. But more importantly, there's the continent. The continent is not saved. Right? Sure, and uh, sure. South Africa has the infrastructure that it must use in order to leverage the, the, the market, uh, which is continental. I mean, Nigeria struggles with the fake drugs, right? And uh, Nigeria is the most populous uh, country uh, in, the, uh-huh. in the continent. So what, what we have then said is that, um, hang on, with what we know now uh, and the products that we have and the partnership that we have, we could actually help the establishment of 100 uh, black uh, pharmaceutical companies. And that's something that we want to start next year and say over 10 years, uh, uh, every year we want to have 10 black companies, including Ketrapil. I think we can uh, meet with the Ketrapil uh, guys and, and share with them uh, uh, what we know about the industry now and bring uh, our partners into a, a relationship with Ketrapil where they can help Ketrapil get off the ground. The country mm-hmm. needs Kitapele to, to reduce the cost and, uh, of, of drugs and to make access to drugs easier and to provide a base for, for, for sub-Saharan Africa to actually build its own pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I guess the, the other question, uh, and those are maybe broader and uh, more medium-term issues when it comes uh, to uh, the uh, questions of industrialization and uh, uh, the resuscitation of our pharmaceutical sector. But now you've got a shipment yeah. coming through at the end of August. Uh, I would assume, certainly just judging by the demand there is on the back of where we are with COVID-19, that um, that shipment is already sort of, uh, I guess, uh, already uh, dollied out to the private sector and to many others who might want it here in the country. It's, it's, it's already spoken to. Uh, our partners also have some donations um, uh, that will, uh, will, uh, will, uh, will uh, we're engaging uh, the, the state departments about how do we deliver the donations uh, uh, to them. But uh, we've been uh, in contact with a number of um, private sector operators and, um, and, and engagement in particular with the with with Houten province on the, on the supply of Remdesivir. And I think over the next couple of days, um, uh, there'll be a ramp up of conversations that we're having with uh, the different um, uh, provinces in as far as the drug is concerned. I think for us, mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it's been one of those areas that we had to go and knock 
at um, at um, uh, public sector because we didn't want the situation where uh, the drug is only available in in the private sector. And then you start having a, a an, an inequality inequality issues that come into bear. Uh, in as far as uh, the supply of the drug mm. is concerned, especially in this um, uh, period of time. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess, the, you know, the last question on my end is, is how this fits into all of your other investments. Uh, you did indicate that uh, you, you're looking to launch a considerable number of uh, initiatives uh, over the last 12 months or so. Uh, and I'm quite interested, I guess, within the 360 group, where this fits, uh, because we know you've got some work that you're doing in the cannabis space, uh, you're also in the finance uh, and the fintech space. Just talk us through um, sort of that ecosystem and um, particularly where some of the synergies might be here, because I guess over the last while you've had many people who come with you with all manner of propositions, some who might say, you know, you should be picking up some of the assets at uh, fire sale prices of SAA because, you know, your underlying trade union uh, organizers in that particular sector. Talk us through the synergy that this particular investment has with your existing stable. I think for us, uh, uh, biotech is, uh, is uh, the top of the cherry. As we remember that uh, the, the base organization was Dust Group, and we said we, we don't want to be burying people. Uh, that's what the base want to be in. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be digging up graves, eh? <laughs> I don't want to be digging graves. Uh, we want to, uh, uh, the from Desaza, we want to close those those graves and make sure that people live longer. Um, uh, want to be the insurer, want to be your administrator uh, for your for your health insurance, but um, we we want to be a, the administrator for your retirement funds. But in order for, for us to be able to do all of that, we must keep you alive. And uh, biotech is one of those areas that we say we're going to be investing in a, in a drug that provides solutions, hence we are Global Solutions Group. We, we want to be mm. at that level, whereby within the globe, we're one of the companies that provide innovative solutions to, to humanities and problems. And, and we all live uh, happily, um, and, and during that period, I'm, 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 I'm your asset manager, I'm your insurer. Uh, and and don't die on me. Uh, that, that that that's our our approach. In fact, we we, we took a view that um, anybody who dies before the the the, the age of eighty, it must be a death uh, too soon. Um, mm. uh, and 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 we we were against the thing of the celebration of life when a young person is is dead. Young people must live and they must live longer. Um, mm. and, uh, uh, and and get to see their children and, and, their, and their grandchildren. And, and so, so we're playing in that space that uh, we're saying um, uh, we want to improve uh, livelihood and improve lives as an organization. We want to look after our, our clients. Imagine uh, a company, companies that are being disrupted now by COVID, and we walk in as an organization that is uh, the insurer and the state of the retirement funds and medical aid, and we say we are contributing to a solution. Right? It, it makes up for a much better relationship with employers and clients in that uh, they, they know they can rely on you in the worst of times. To, um, to come through for them. And, and for us, this is uh, uh, coming through uh, in, in a sense that uh, we, we're playing in, in one of the biggest crises this country and the world has ever uh, experienced. And then maybe, I guess, before we let you go, uh, Kandani, I mean, yeah. we've seen many of our indigenous fauna and flora being used for medicinal and clinical purposes. In your biopharmaceutical space, I mean, um, surely that should be a space you, you're considering. We already have the endowment here in the country. And uh, it seems COVID has also come with some awareness of uh, some of our own indigenous medicines. Uh, is this a space you want to consider? 
it's a space we're in. Um, okay. And it's a space, and it's, it's a space we're going to lead in. Right? Um, uh, as it is now, I mean, we own a company called Ngoma SA. We bought it uh, last year. It is in a uh, indigenous uh, medicines. Um, uh, if, if you look at, uh, um, I mean, you hear a lot of people saying that, ah, Umsoyano or Tunisia, Afra has always dealt mm. with this uh, in the past. Um, and and we, we haven't taken that lightly, right, um, as a group, because we are invested in indigenous knowledge. And we, we actually have, uh, in, in our agreement with the CSIR, one of the uh, pillars of our agreement is the development of um, indigenous knowledge, right? Um, and, and now take take Artemis Omshonyane. Um, yeah? mm. there, there's various stages of Omshonyane uh, whereby you you plant it and you harvest it and you and you use it. Yeah? That's that's the original IP, right? And uh, and then there's uh, like if you look at the Indiza tea, uh, they've harvested uh, the plant and they packaged it into teas. You can then uh, it can then look nice for yuppies like like you. Um, um, uh, it's it, 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 it's it's packaged in a colorful box. It's it's good, um, and then what we have done, uh, we have launched Mshonyane in a tincture, right, where we've taken the uh, the the plants and then extracted uh, the um, uh, the juices out of it, packaged it into a nice um, uh, product which meets with. Um, uh, uh, pharmacopoeia regulation. Bear in mind that uh, we don't have African pharmacopoeia. Right? Our standards are, are British uh, pharmacopoeia. Mm. And um, and uh, the, the, there's an announcement that we'll make in as far as um, uh, Artemisia Afra is concerned. Uh, there's some work that has been done. Uh, I'm not at liberty to talk now. But um, it, it's, um, if you look at uh, Artemisia Afra, there's about 600 compounds in it uh, that can uh, treat the various ailments. Yeah? And, and the next science is about separating those compounds and uh, testing them against the various uh, uh, viruses, bacteria, and uh, developing a pharmaceutical product out of that. And, and, and that's the area I want to play in, but not only just with Artemisia Afra, but with a whole lot of herbs. Uh, I mean, one of the projects that we, we have with, uh, with the CSR now is... Um, 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 I'll tell you now what is this plant. Uh, 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 I just forgotten it. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it. But um, devil's dev, devil's claw, yeah? which mm. which is used yeah, for the for the management of pain. Yeah? Now, but what has happened is that uh, Af- Africa has a, and South Africa in particular, has a very rich uh, plant biodiversity, right? Um, um, and and very much suitable for the development of uh, biopharmaceuticals bio that are based on a, on a, on plants because that, that that's where you get a, a non a, a, a active pharmaceutical ingredient that is not synthetic, not made by man, but made by nature because they, in nature you have. Um, um, uh, organisms, uh, each one of them having having its own uh, prey. I mean, um, a prey having a predator, right? And and that system of prey and predator is where a lot of uh, uh, medicinal understanding lies. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 a friend of mine was telling me how um, um, a lot of indigenous knowledge comes from animals. There are people used to watch. Uh, when animals are, are sick, what plant do they chew? Yeah? 
Sure, um, sure. And then you can, you, you can tell what is actually happening there. And uh, what we need now is to uh, begin to document uh, the, 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 the IP. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I like it when I, when I meet uh, uh, old ladies. Uh, my conversation with them is uh, how do they, how do they, and how do they cure ailments? Uh, I mean, uh, mm. at, at one time, mm. I, I visited one minister member in KZN. Uh, who was uh, running a farm, right? Um, and, uh, and and he had an old grand, grand lady there, and I asked her, Gogo, uh, tell her, tell me how you used to cure plants. And and simple thing, that I um kushane in the moon, and then ushugela uh, uh, banana, but only eat one a day. Now, the, the next level of uh, of uh, research for us is to say, what is in the banana that actually sure, helps sure. with uh, 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 with uh, with um, um, uh, diabetes, so it's, it's things like that. We we need mm-hmm. to to capture IP because this IP is been stolen. Yeah? Uh, a lot of saw, uh, yeah yeah we saw this with Hudia. I mean, and some of the debates yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But can I, a lot of, we'll uh, have to leave it there. Yeah. We'll have to leave it there, unfortunately. We, we have run out of time. But uh, as always, a pleasure to catch up with you because, you know, when we talk to you, we don't only talk about uh, what's happening at 360, but you always uh, give us a 360 view of uh, what's happening yep. in many of the industries you operate in. And always a pleasure. And thank you very much. You're welcome. That there was uh, Kandayan Msibi uh, speaking to us. He's the CEO of the Numsa Investment Company. And uh, also, I guess, uh, that company having as its subsidiaries 360 Biopharmaceuticals, uh, which are under the 360 Global Solutions Group. We're going to take a break now and uh, take a look at what's happening at Vinkley. And when we come back, uh, we'll catch up with the Minister of Social Development, Melindy uh, Wezulu. She's going to join us. We're going to talk to her about uh, the basic income grant, which has been mooted. And uh, she uh, made mention of this at a social cluster briefing on COVID-19 on Monday. And uh, we're going to be asking her, I guess, what some of the thinking is here. And uh, more importantly, in this constrained fiscal environment, uh, what uh, the phased-in rollout is going to look like. You don't want to miss this one. Stay tuned.